Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on 101.9 High FM on the Finding Human program. And my guest today is Avital Lang, and I'm looking at her. It's so nice to see her, her face. And our topic today is the infinite power of our light. Um, I did podcasts. We have podcasts, Avital and I did, in uh, March of this year and in April. And if you want to know more about Avital's amazing, amazing story, I would really suggest you look those up. You can go on to the High FM Finding Human podcasts and you'll find it there. Hello, Avital. How are you? Hello, hello, good morning, how are you? I'm well, I'm just going to read something, we, we're just going to a quick break. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson and I'm back with Avital Lang and if you'd like to SMS us you can on 34519 or you can telegram us on 061-895-1019. I would just like to say that today we're going to dedicate this program to it's the Shloshim, which is the 30 days of mourning, at the end of the 30 days of mourning. We dedicate it to all the, all the innocent victims who were massacred by the terror organization Hamas on the 7th of October. We also dedicate this to Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, a voice of reason. It's his, his Yotzeit today. May his memory always be for a blessing. We also are dedicating this to the many kidnapped victims who are still being kidnapped and hidden in Gaza. Hello, Avital. Our program is about your light. That's what I want to share. You were born in Jerusalem. Tell me about that and what your your parents and grandparents most taught you. Uh, yeah, that's true. I was born in Jerusalem, raised in Jerusalem, um, went to a youth movement in Jerusalem, and I was raised to to be a light, to be a light to the goyim, and to do everything in my power, in my capacity, to shine this light. And I want us today to just, I want us today to focus on that because I know that we are all at the moment in a, in a traumatic state, but we all need to look on what we do have. And what we do have is something very, very, very beautiful that nobody else does. And tell me, you came to South Africa. When did you come to South Africa? I came as a shlicha um, for the Jewish Agency. Just explain what a shlicha is, please. I was working for the Jewish Agency, coming to work with youth um, at, the, at South Africa in Cape Town. And I was representing the Jewish Agency here, working with youth and with the community and 
I think that um, since then, I did not change my position, even though I'm no longer working. I always am dedicated to the Jewish people, to the Jewish nation, regardless if I'm in Israel or outside of Israel. It is something that always been in my soul and in my heart. It's a volunteer work that I will always do. You mentioned to me that you were actually doing a volunteer work of a, a trauma debriefing. What was it called? So five months ago, I had that inclination that I need to volunteer in Israel. Uh, even though here I, I'm in charge. I mean, I established a group of Israeli ladies. We are now 85 ladies in the group. Wow. Yeah, From all doing, over South Africa? Uh, all over Cape Town. Okay. So I felt, I just felt for a while that we, you know, that the Israelis somehow fall between the chairs. So <clears throat> managed to gather them together in a group. And uh, we're doing a lot of amazing work together. Besides the fact that we, it's a very informative group, we're also doing charity work. Um, at some stages, we used to go to the neighborhood, the underprivileged neighborhood of Cape Town, and feed um, feed people. Um, I myself, you know, do some work with prison. Uh, and I thought, you know, as the group. Uh, to shine the light to the goyim as part of our work is to also volunteer and do work um, with other communities. And that's what goyim is. It It is others. So you're yeah. not just focusing on uplifting the Jewish community in, in Cape Town. You're focusing on actually uplifting other people as well. Absolutely. And you Absolutely. mentioned, well, actually one nice story I wanted to mention was that the person who who met Avital at the airport when she arrived in South Africa ended up being her husband. Correct, <laughs> yes. Um, so it was very funny because the Zionist Federation um, has sent him to collect me from the airport and he's actually the first person I met in South Africa. Uh, I didn't know, when I arrived here, I did not know a soul. And I loved it. I loved the idea of coming here and starting something when I don't know anyone. But very quickly, I found, like anywhere in the world, you find your community and you connect on a much deeper level. Um, going back to Iran, Iran is a, is a first aid mental support. How do you spell it? Because it sounds like Iran, but how it's do you... E-R. Yeah. A-N. Good. Okay. And in Hebrew, it's Ein Resh Nun, uh, which is Iran, in fact. And that is uh, Ezra Rishonah. It's a first aid uh, for mental support, which just for the indication, usually uh, they get a hundred between 100 to 130 calls a day. Good heavens. And since the 7th of October, it's between 800 to 1,000 phone calls a day. <gasps> Oh, yeah. such trauma. People are so, living with such trauma. Yeah. So the volunteers really needed. I mean, I went through um, a course and some exams and simulation and interviews. And then um, what happened is that I will get phone calls and WhatsApp calls from 
people that will be referred to me. So this is wonderful. It's a, it's a one way of volunteering in Israel while you're outside of Israel. So Just on that note, if somebody in South Africa wanted to phone in, could they do so? Yes. Would you like to give out that number while we're talking about it? Do you know it or do you want to do it? Um, I think that I will give it, yeah, I will check at the end of okay. the program for but otherwise, their website. Okay. But if you go on the website of Iran, mm. E-R-A-N, Israel, mm-hmm. you will find all the numbers for all around the world. You can also email Iran. You can WhatsApp. You can Telegram. There's many ways to be, to communicate. So if anyone is struggling with anxiety and fear and trauma and would like to have someone to speak to or just someone to listen to, mm-hmm. they're more than welcome to call. That's wonderful. Now, you know, I, I was thinking back to our first interview and, mm-hmm. uh, which was in uh, January, March. Yeah. And you told me that you had been working at Polesmore Prison. I would mm. really suggest that anyone listening in today goes onto the website to, to look for this podcast because it is just so fascinating. But while, when you were working at Polesmore Prison, you were teaching art and yeah. you then m- met Isaac Hendricks and we're going to get back to Isaac in a minute. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program on 101.9 High FM. And I'm back with Abital Lang. She's in Cape Town and I'm in the studio in Johannesburg. And our topic is the infinite power of our light. You know that um, one of the things that... Uh, Clarissa Pincola Estes, who wrote Women Who Run With The Wolves, said, One of the most calming and powerful actions you can do to intervene in a stormy world is to stand up and show your soul. Now, Avital, we're going back to uh, um, Isaac Hendricks. You met Isaac when you were uh, teaching art at, at Pearlsmore Prison, he actually phoned you and asked for a guitar. Just, I would like you to tell us a bit about Isaac and also how he went to Israel with you because so often Israel is, la- is labeled as an apartheid state. <laughs> so very much, I really would like you to tell what Isaac's uh, opinion of Israel was. Isaac was, uh a very big lover of Israel. And when he arrived to Israel, he said to me, you know, it's very strange to say, but I feel here at home. And I told him, please explain. He said, everyone accepted me with so much love. And he went in, um, uh, in Tel Aviv, he went to a musical um, university and they all fell in love with him there. They appreciated his talent. How did he get to Israel? Just go back with the story a bit. Yeah, we went to Israel for a year uh, because my husband had some work there to do, so we all went together. And Isaac was part of your family by then? Absolutely. Just tell us a bit about that. We we couldn't imagine going without him. And um, we told him that he's not going to stay behind. We got him a passport, and he was very, very excited. 
he did all the tours. We registered him to do the, because Isaac is born Christian, he wanted to do the Christian tour, and he went to all the holy places, and he was beside himself with happiness, really. Oh. He was really, really full of joy. And um, when it was time to come back to South Africa, he actually didn't want to come back, but uh, legally we couldn't leave him there. Otherwise, he would probably still be around, but he wanted to stay there. He felt, as a as a, a, a African guy in Israel, he felt so welcome and so loved, mm. and there was no... There was nothing racist. Nobody ever made a comment to him. So when people tell me about Israel, uh, the two words together, Israel and apartheid, is just don't work. It's very difficult to influence opinions around the world and, you know, the public opinion. But you just have to, when somebody tells you that Israel is apartheid state, you just have to ask them a few questions. Is Israel have separated buses to Arabs and Israelis? Is there Arab um, citizens of Israel in the Israeli government? And are they having votes? Um, yes, they do. Do they get medical aid? Yes, they do. They have Israeli Arabs of whole the whole rights, just like an Israeli Jew. So and you no know, difference. on that note, my daughter, when my daughter had her little girl, she uh, was sharing a room with an Arab woman who had twins. Mm -hmm. So there was certainly no segregation there and or apartheid. There is no. There is a lot of doctors um, in the hospital. Some are Arabs and some are Israeli Jews. There is no such word. It just, it, it's terrible that they're doing such propaganda against Israel because it's not the truth. Now, tell, but, um, tell me about um, Cape Town and Isaac. Uh, was it very difficult for him to come back to South Africa? Yes. On the way back, even on the plane, he said to me, in this words, he said to me, coming back here is a death sentence for me. Uh -huh. I kept on telling him, why do you say that? It's just a place. And he, he kept on telling me he found home in Israel and he will do everything in his power to convert. He started mm -hmm. the conversion process mm -hmm. and he wanted to make Aliyah and he said, that's my home. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go there. And he, he thought that that's the whole purpose of meeting us was to actually end up in Israel and wanted to convert. Unfortunately, it didn't happen for Isaac because he passed away. He died at 2020 mm. and um but his light is still with us mm. and and he died violently in fact, it took a while to die but he died violently but he was holding yeah. your hand when Absolutely. he did die mm. he died in my arms and he chose he chose to die here because he was 10 days in hospital and the day i brought him home he passed away in my arms and i think that it was important for Isaac to die, to pass over at home with the people he loves mm -hmm. and not in some strange hospital. Yeah, Isaac really fell between the chairs, unfortunately, but now he is a happy soul. In fact, I went to Israel in 2nd of October. I arrived to Israel especially for an exhibition 
uh, and his movie. I was going to present um, all the art I was making uh, for his memory and the movie I made for him. And uh, the exhibition was supposed to be on the 9th of October. Unfortunately, because the uh, <laughs> because of the war uh, and the whole trauma of Israel, everything obviously will be postponed until we know better times. Mm. But I want to tell, um, I actually want to tell a story today to everyone who's anywhere in the world that listened to me. It was very important for me today to, to bring the, whoever listened together and to understand that as a Jew, we actually alive tissue. And I want to tell you a story, a very amazing story. There's a woman in Israel who donated her kidney. Uh, about six to seven years ago. She donated her kidney to someone she did not know. After she donated the kidney, she met the guy. And um, he kept her number. He kept contact with her from time to time. Because it's something very special when you're actually getting an organ, a live organ from someone who's still alive. And you're basically becoming a branch of that person. In within you. Yeah. So what happened is uh, this lady's uh, son was murdered at the Reim Festival, at the Nova Festival. And um, she was obviously devastated. The guy that she donated the kidney to didn't know what happened. He just felt terrible pains, terrible pains. He went to the doctor. Doctor told him everything seemed okay. And then intuitively he decided to call her and he asked her are you okay how are you because um i have terrible pains on my kidney and she said my son was murdered Hmm. and um the the connection that we have with one another even though it's not it, it it's her kidney in his body it reacted to the pain that she was going through Mm. So that's just a small example Mm. how we are all connected. We are so connected. That's why if you're a Jew living in Los Angeles or a Jew living in Johannesburg, the the atrocities that happen and the death of someone that you don't know, but we are connected. We are so connected. You feel the pain even from far, far away. Absolutely. You really do. And I've seen it so much in our community in Johannesburg. The the pain is palpable. It yeah. really is. And their pain is our pain. And it's something that Rabbi uh, Sachs said. We don't we're not in this world on our own at all. We're no. in our world in this world sharing with other people. And their pain becomes our pain. And uh, it's it's Incredibly true that. Now, you're, you also, uh, what I would like you to do, but first of all, I wanted to say something that Elie Wiesel said, um, that he, he said this to President Jimmy Carter, um, and he says, no, sorry, they're not that one. I wanted to do this one because of uh, Shloshim. Survival is a privilege which entails obligations. I am forever asking myself what I can do for those who have not survived. The answer I have found for myself, and which need not necessarily be the answer for every person, 
is, I want to be their mouthpiece. I want to keep their memory alive to make sure the dead live on in that memory. And I very much think that that's what we, we will never forget this, this, the, the massacre. And if we can just bring our own light into this world, we can combat hatred. You know, we, we so often just feel so helpless. Don't you agree? Mm-hmm. Uh, you've had a lot of marches in Cape Town. Is there anything the Cape Town community are doing to counteract that or? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the community here is beautiful, very united, um, very uh, together. There is the Jewish Board of Deputies and the South African Zionist Federation. I'm sure that they're doing um, the best that they can in such times. Uh, on our side, uh, from the Israeli um, group, we're also in keeping each other informed but what we did do is uh, we're doing Hafashat um, Chala, um, like this coming Thursday, the Hafashat Chala is going to be at my house. What is that? Uh, we're baking Chala and we're praying. Yeah. <laughs> and we're reading, uh, we open to healing groups. We're reading to healing because we found, I mean, I find the power of prayer is so powerful. So when you feel helpless and when you feel that, you are so small and there's nothing you can do. That's not true. You're not small at all. You are a Jewish person with an amazing soul that can expand. Wow, it can expand to other worlds. So take a book, read Tehillim, mm-hmm. and, and focus on that. And, and I know, know that the power of prayer, absolutely, absolutely. I so agree with you. And I get a lot of messages of support from um, non, non-Jewish non people, and they all say, we are praying for Israel. Absolutely. And today, I actually had such a lovely thing from my daughter-in-law. She sent a, a photograph of two cowboys from Montana and, and Arkansas. They were at the JFK airport, and they were boarding to fly to Israel to go and work on the farms to go and help. Excellent. And it was, you know, it was just such a lovely uh, photo to see that we do have other support because I think in South Africa with the viciousness that is coming towards Mm -hmm. uh, the Jewish people, Mm -hmm. it's very hard to actually believe that we do have support from outside as well. And we do, and we must never forget that. The Christian churches are strong and uh, I'm hoping that more of them will talk out and stand by us. But the other thing I wanted to ask you, we, you and I discussed marches, people marching, like across the globe at the moment, you're having all these really sometimes turning very vicious uh, pro-Palestinian marches in Australia, in the UK, in the USA. And that's not actually the Jewish way, is it? No, it's not the Jewish way at all. I can't imagine a, a, a group of Jews running in Cape Town with a flag and screaming and shouting. It's not our way. Mm. We are, I'm sorry to say, so much better than that. We are. As I said, look at the spirit of Israel. What do you think this is? Look, if you just listen to the people and the the. The volunteer ruach, the ruach is that, that, that 
How do you call it in Afrikaans? You call it chies. Yeah, the chies. It's much more than that. When you say ruach in Hebrew, it's much more than that. Every person almost got like a, a spiritual awakening. Mm. Every person I speak to asking me, what can I do? How can I help? Everyone, my cousins for an entrance organized a bus full of people from Tel Aviv gone all the way to the south to help a farmer to pick up all his tomatoes and then gone to another farm to pick up parsley and coriander. That's Mm. all say under uh, alarms and missiles, but they're helping. They're not afraid. No. I think that the the, the people of Israel and the, the, the Jews in the nations all over, as I said, there's a awakening, a spiritual awakening, and we all know deep in our heart what it means. We are all one. We are all together. We are helping one another, and we're going to get through it. You know, yeah. sorry, on that note, you know, my daughter who lives in Israel uh, was at the vegetable shop the other day, and she said she suddenly saw that Mr. Potato was not there. And he had been one of the ones who had been killed. Uh, and, you know, she she mourned for him because she had seen his son always, you know, and suddenly he wasn't there. So absolutely. Israel is in mourning, very definitely, yeah. but so are Jews around the world, very definitely. And what do you think we need to be doing if we are not going to be marching? We can say the Psalms, the Tehillim. What else should we do? Should we be a voice uh, to other nations? Should we speak out? Yeah, if you can. And like, I will give you an example. I have a friend who is a pastor, and I also have a friend which is a bishop. And in the first few days of the war, they called me and they sent me uh, movies and say, please explain us, please explain us, because... We've been told that this is what's happening. So I used my voice and the information I have to explain them because it's very important. Is It's enough that you influence one person mm. that he go back to his church and he's saying, guys, listen, this is not the truth. This is the truth. When, look, it's very difficult to fight hate. It's the same, very difficult to fight darkness, but mm-hmm. the only way you can do it by turning on the light. If I'll take you into a huge, huge dark hangar and I will walk in and you won't see a thing. If I'll put one candle, just one candle, you'll be able to start adjusting and seeing something. Imagine 10 candles. 20 candles. Mm-hmm. What happened to the darkness? We chased it away. There is no way you can fight darkness with darkness. No. It's dis- it will disappear. And, you know, I cannot not touch that point that just before it happened, uh, the Jewish nation had a split. We had a terrible split. Very divisive. Yeah, we were very divided. We were fighting and arguing, and we almost like allowed that portal of darkness to open up on us. Mm -hmm. So it's not that we, all of us did it intentionally, but when I look at the bigger picture, 
you know, I'm an artist. Yeah. So as an artist, if you look at an oil painting from here, so close, you'll see nothing. Sometimes you have to take a lot of step backwards in order to look at your painting and see the full picture. Mm. At the moment, you know, we're not God. We cannot see the full picture. We cannot understand the full picture. Only, you know, when you look back at history, you say, oh, this is what happened and this is what happened. But even at history, I'm not looking this way because who writes history? The winners. <laughs> we don't hear the other sides. No. So basically, we never know the full picture. The same now. I want us to focus on what we do know. What we do know is that we're Jews. What we do know is that we have a pure, beautiful soul and that Hashem is with us and we will beat this. So this situation allowed darkness to come in. And we're going to get back to that. But we closed that portal. We did. Right. We, we did close it, but we're going to get back to that in a moment. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program. If you'd like to SMS us, please do on 34519 or telegram us on 061-895-1019. I'm back with Avatil Lang, and we were talking about the divisions that were going on in Israel and how it was almost a portal of darkness that was coming into the country. But all of a sudden, there is light. I know the war goes on in in Gaza, and it's tragic to see innocent children, elderly, on all sides being injured. Uh, It is part of our trauma, I believe, because we, we do not not take on the the trauma of others. We do, unfortunately. We always do, and maybe we need to in order to feel our own soul, our own soul reaching out to others in love and healing. Now, you were talking about how Israel suddenly found the light. Go on with that. So for a while, I was extremely concerned uh, about the uh, the... How do you say it in English? Divination? Yes, the that, divisions. That opened, the divisions that opened between the people. It even brought families apart. Mm. Um, people were arguing and fighting over social media and on the phone. I myself, me and my brother were arguing endlessly. Um, I had a, I had lost few friends during this, um, uh, times in Israel because we did not agree with each other. And then one day I said, to everyone, stop it. This is nonsense. It doesn't matter if you're left or you're right or you agree with that, if you're Haredi or not Haredi, if you are uh, uh, from the uh, pride uh, community or not from, it's not important because when this, when this Hamas came to kill the people, they did not ask, are you left or you right? Are you lesbian or gay? Or can I kill you because you are Haredi or you're not Haredi? They killed everyone. Mm. Unfortunately, they also killed Israeli Arabs. They did, yes. There was a story actually about yeah. The, yeah. the the music festival. They yeah. all, a whole lot of them had run into a, 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 a bomb shelter on the side of the road. 
and all of a sudden a man ran in as well. He was an Arab, a Muslim, and he had been at the car park. He was looking yes. after the cars, and he ran in. And this is actually a beautiful story because all of a sudden um, the terrorists arrived and they started opening fire into the the. Uh, the bomb shelter and this man very courageously ran out and he said I'm a Muslim please stop uh, shooting we're all Muslims in here and they killed him they shot and yeah, killed him yeah. and then they shot the others and the reason why people know the story is because all the bodies fell on top of each other almost like the Holocaust and the ones who were at the bottom pretended to be dead and they could at least relay the story about yeah. what had happened. So when evil, you know, when evil comes, it doesn't ask the questions, but the only way to deal with that. And I think that now in Israel, there's no, there, there is nothing divided. Everybody knows that we are together. We are strong. We say in Hebrew, Amanetzach lo the, the nation of, of eternity is not afraid. We are not afraid because we finally understand our power. Mm. Our power is by our light, not, not by joining the darkness. We can't do that. This is not our purpose. And our purpose here, just like you in South Africa feeling the pain, because everything that happens in Israel will affect the Jews all over the world, mm. all over the world. So we also, the Jews in the diaspora, have a very important task, very, very important task. And Hasbara and explaining what's happening is very important, not to, you know, not to uh, to ourselves, but to others that come and ask the questions. Mm. And at least we are equipped with information. And Israel also have a special um, page where they give you tools um, to to fight the the evil propaganda. And what so is that? You, what um, is the page? Do you know? Or page? Yes, I can give it to you. Also, maybe um, very very important. It's Israel Hasbara, and they got it. They got a page that does that. We'll send you the information. Okay. How do you, you spell that? Hasbara. Mm -hmm. It's H. A S B A R A Hasbara. Okay, and yeah, they've got uh, they link. counter all the propaganda. Yeah, they give you know true facts. If you see that you come across someone who is so filled with hatred, don't even bother and don't even waste your energies because. Someone like that is already so brainwashed and you can only pray to God that God will help him. But what you can do is not joining that darkness. Do not go to, I don't suggest to anyone to go to protests or argue. Yesterday in America, um, a Jewish person was murdered by Six, Hamas a Hamas A 69-year-old man in yeah, Los his Angeles. His name was Paul Kessner. Mm. Um yeah, he was 69 years old. Mm. And he was killed because he's simply a Jew. That's all. 
So don't try to make sense with it. There is no sense. Mm -hmm. Nothing makes sense at the moment. The only thing that makes sense at the moment is that we, a Jews, have to stick together. We have to pray to Hashem because Hashem has created us and Hashem will guide us through this. We are being of light. We cannot be dark because we are the candles of this universe. We are. You know, talking about the candles of the universe, my daughter, my daughter Shira, the one who lives in Israel, she and I were at a, one of the concentration camps that had been absolutely flattened. And, um, we, we were taken into this, we were with a, a group, uh, March of the Living, and we were taken into this huge pitch dark hall. There wasn't and we sort of walked along the side next to the wall so we could feel something because you couldn't see a single thing. And there were a few hundred of us in this hall. And there was no no sound at all, and it was pitch dark. And we were holding onto each other's arms, and suddenly someone in the front lit a tiny little candle, and there was light. Just one tiny candle illuminated the rest. And it was the most amazing lesson of how one, our own light can illuminate. We're going to add break. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program on 101.9 High FM. And I'm with Abitel Lang. She's in Cape Town and I'm in the studio. And we were talking about what we can do in the darkness that has engulfed the world at the moment, that we cannot become victims to that darkness. We have to rise above it and be light. Now, um, Abitel, I was trying to show you this on the screen it says, you sent this to me, Meet the Maglin Friends Foundation. What is that? Um, there's a foundation for a Maglin unit um, that I'm volunteering to support. My cousins, my family also uh, are there. In Israel. And, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and we are joining the Zoo meeting in order to listen to them and communicate with them and understand if there's anything they need, if there's anything we can do to help. So that's part of my volunteer work. I send it to, yeah, send it privately to people that would like to maybe listen or participate. And I see it's on the 8th of November. Yeah. And the time that you've got here, is that Israel time, South Africa? Well, we are at the same time at the moment. We're at the same time. Mm, mm. Um, We are at the same time. So it's a, yeah, it's a Zoom meeting. And it's a voluntary uh, meeting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what do your family in Israel feel about the whole situation at the moment? Uh, It must be very frightening. Yeah, we are a very big family. Uh, my aunts are very concerned because their children are in the army. And uh, my father is not worried at all. He's not worried. He's not afraid, but he's a, he's a very old soul and he feels that, you know, Am Israel shouldn't be afraid. It's, it's part of a much bigger picture. Hmm. And I also say to people, you know, we cannot ignore that we are all in trauma at the moment. 
But when you feel the whole purpose of evil and the whole purpose of uh, Hamas is besides eliminate the Jews from the face of the earth is to make them afraid. Mm -hmm. So when you're feeling afraid, my best advice is go and do something. Go do a mitzvah. Go do a mitzvah. A mitzvah is a good deed. Mm. But the minute you are rising above it and you take the action and you go and do something good, you beat it. You do. You are beating Mm. the darkness. And I think that's something that as a community, we do. We reach out to so many other uh, communities, to the to orphans, to the poor, to animal cruelty. I mean, if you actually look at the donors and all of those, you'll see the Jewish names. So you know what? In South Africa at the moment, when we are facing anti-Semitism, I say, please, go and look up. Jewish businesses, see who started them all, see how many people are employed in these businesses before you start making these judgment calls. We're not making the judgment calls on you. If you want to recall your ambassadors from Israel, you know, it's it's on your head. It's funny that they are uh, they are boycotting Israel, but they're using... Uh, medications that Israelis invented. If you look <laughs> at the percentage of Nobel Prizes in uh, in the history, I didn't see even one uh, Hamas member or Palestinian member uh, in the Nobel Prize. I haven't seen them contributing to the world. I mean, if you hate us so much, don't use Facebook, don't use Google, don't use Waze, don't use insulin, don't buy... <laughs> at our shops, because <laughs> if you really, really hate, then unfortunately you'll have to give up a lot of the pleasures in life because Jews has invented them. Mm, that is so true. Um, we're just going to, I'm going to have to start wrapping up, uh, Craig says, but I'd like to just end with this. Avital, thank you, first of all, for being on my program, and I will speak to you afterwards. And this is what Rabbi Jonathan, Lord Jonathan Sachs uh, of Blessed Memory says, To be a Jew is to be part of the most remarkable story ever lived by any people, covering more countries, more adverse circumstances, more triumphs and tragedies than any other story. Every one of us has a chapter to write in that story and hand the book on. That is what it is to be a Jew. So I'd like to end by saying we're all part of the chapter of 2023. Let us make a difference to the world. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, McCundy. And thank you, Vusi.